Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. College basketball season still going on. College basketball transfer portal season. I believe that's actually a part of the actual calendar now. Is underway. West Virginia has been dropping players in. We think the Mountaineers will pull players out to help us um, unwrap transfer portal puzzle see what west virginia has lost and who west virginia might gain also just talk about the mountaineers in general this season next season and beyond we welcome in eric bossy the 24 7 sports director of basketball eric transfer portal tough on coaches could be intimidating for players a guy like you it's a it's not a loaf of bread either it's pretty complicated yeah it's um you know We've seen the transfer portal has really picked up steam over the last couple of years, right? But now that the NCAA has thrown in this free year for seniors, it's gotten even crazier because there's, you know, what, a thousand kids out there who thought their college careers were over after this season that not every one of them is going to come back to school and not every one of them is going to be wanted at the place where they were. But that adds a whole bunch more guys to this. And, you know, schools are always trying to get older. Well, here's here's a real good chance to do so. And it is to say it's created chaos is an understatement. You know, we're already well over, we're all over a thousand players in the portal. There's more players in the portal already than there were the entire year last year. I would anticipate we're going to get up to a minimum of one of fifteen hundred kids in the portal, possibly even more. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a little bit stressful to deal with, and I'm just trying to cover it. I can't even imagine what it's like for coaches trying to establish culture and locker room cohesiveness during all of this. The 24/7 football portal, the website that we put together a couple of years ago, I I promise you, coaches bookmark that, and they went through and they would keep tabs on it. It's a lot easier to navigate any actual portal itself uh have you been in the portal proper i have been in the portal proper or at least i get i get updated screenshots of it through uh-huh. a service every single time there's a change in it mm-hmm. and it is something else we're a little more user-friendly with what we do right yeah yes okay so i i know that college coaches i've talked to them they hey can you send me the link because they're in an airport or something like that which is weird because i guess they can't google but i've had it happen before um i would imagine the involvement is even more um, intimate, intricate, whatever right now where coaches are not only finding players, but who knows the players better than maybe the media who cover them. Someone like you who has his tentacles all over college basketball too. Um, how involved are coaches now and how competitive are they in getting information to, to what lengths do they go so they can get to someone first or even just get to somebody in general? Yeah, you know, um, it starts basically from the first tip-off of the season. I will start having coaches reach out to me. Hey, boss, uh, who do you hear is transferring? Who's, who's going to hit the transfer portal? Um, hey, I heard this guy's transferring. We can't talk to him yet. Who are the, you know, who are the people who helped him out with his recruitment? You know, what are, what are contact numbers for them? It's, it's what was his scouting report in high school? You know, what kind of kid is he? There's all kinds of questions. You, you, you name a piece of information and, and they're trying to find it. And it's, um, it's 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 pretty crazy and it, it's funny too because there's a lot of guys in this business who like say maybe they work for 24 7 sports or rivals or espn or whoever do their own scouting report too and this mm-hmm. is kind of funny it's like a direct to college coaches thing 
I used to do one way back when I was first starting. I've been in the business now for, for a little bit over 20 years, but back in the 2000s to around 2010, 2011, I ran my own scouting service for college coaches. Um, I've, I've stopped it. I've not done it for 10 years, but I still have coaches who will call and be like, hey, or text and be like, hey, I need these five numbers. And I'll say, well, I don't have them. And they'll be go, well, what are we paying you for? And I say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? What are you paying me for? Well, we take your scouting service, don't we? And I'm like, dude, I haven't had a scouting service for 10 years. What, what, what rock are you, are you living under? You know, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's pretty crazy. It's, um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways you can go with it, but it's, it's pretty crazy. And at least this year in particular, it is crushing the high school class of 2021. If you're a kid out there, who was hoping to, to, you know, go from mid-major to high major with your recruitment or low major to mid-major or even just find anywhere right now, it's almost impossible because schools are going almost strictly through the Travis or the, the Travis portal, the transfer portal. Sorry. <laughs> the Travis portal. I get you. Yes. About a week ago, you ranked the top 10 available transfers. And I read that and I was like, this is really cool because I know who's in there. I know how you prioritize things and it's it's a way to really narrow it down because you said it so many people. Um, you haven't done one since, I don't believe. Perhaps you're preparing another one. But of those top 10, how many would still be in the top 10 given the rate of players joining in the, what was it, six, seven days since then? Yeah, yeah. That's And also you've got some guys that have been going off the board. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Kellen Grady goes to Kentucky yesterday. Jamison Battle goes to Minnesota last night. Um, you know, the... The guys at the very top, the Earl Timberlakes of the world, um, you know, the a lot, the Xavier Johnsons, um, Marcus Cars, Walker Kesslers, they're still going to be up there. But it certainly is going to have changed. And that's what we're trying to figure out is, do we want to do a new top 10 every week? Or do we want to do a, you know, a top 10 maybe every two to three weeks? And then maybe this week we do something like we've done on the football side. Where we're like, okay who are the biggest new names to enter and who are the biggest new names to commit since it? Cause it's just, you know, when we're talking literally over a thousand guys, it's just tough to keep up with everybody. I want to talk about West Virginia uh, and who they might pluck or maybe profile the type of player who's in there and maybe where there's a quantity of quality, so to speak. But before that, let's talk about who they've actually added to the portal. Um, one big name, maybe not a big contributor in Jordan McCabe. And then one player who, you know, a time ago was a big name, hasn't been a big contributor at West Virginia, but could be somewhere else in Emmett Matthews. I want to start with McCabe. Uh, certainly college coaches know who he is, and they have for a long, long time. A highly regarded player, you know, YouTube famous, was on the Ellen Show, and then has, has done his job in college to become maybe a different player than when he entered, but I think in the right system could be reliable. Uh, he also told me, Eric, that um, he understands the chips are stacked against him. He's below six feet. He's not athletic um, and if you find guys like that playing in the Big 12, let him know because you just don't. So he does kind of limit himself as far as destinations. But uh, what do you think yeah. the market is and, and where does a player like him end up? And for two years left, he could be a contributor in the right spot if he's able to you know, turn back the clock and be like senior year of high school Jordan McCabe and not sophomore, junior year of college. Jordan. Yeah, you know, that's that's a tough one. He was a, uh, a pretty divisive guy coming out of high school. Um I worked at Rivals at the time when, when he was a senior in high school or during the high school years. And I was not that I didn't like Jordan, but I just 
really did not see him as a high major basketball player. Um, Corey Evans, who I worked with at the time, who now works for the Oklahoma City Thunder, was pretty high on him. So he's kind of why he was in our rankings ever at all. To me, I probably would not have ranked him as a top 150 player coming out of high school. You know, it's a tricky thing because you mentioned not only is he small and not very athletic, but at least through three years of college, he does not appear to be much of a shooter either. Mm -hmm. And he turns the ball over a lot. So, you know, what's the market for a flashy, short, non-shooting turnover machine, right? So I think... I do think he could be a pretty good player if he if he goes, you know, he's definitely I think he's definitely got to transfer down a little level. You know, go down to the mid-major level um and really take his time at West Virginia and say, "Okay, hey, you know what? When things were when I was playing, what worked for me? When when I steadily lost playing time over these over these last couple of years, why did I lose time, right? So, you know, I think he's got to try and reinvent reinvent himself as more of a ball control guy and a straight up distributor than someone who's going to want to score the ball because he definitely can pass the ball. He's got good vision. He's got ability there. And as we all know, he he can do some things off the dribble, even though he's not the quickest guy in the world. He he definitely has ball handling ability. So I I think there's going to be a market for him, but exactly where we'll see, I, I would think he'd maybe want to try and get a little bit closer to home. So, you know, maybe something like the horizon, conference or the summit or something like that would potentially be better fits for him than the big 12. Yeah. He's that player who would sometimes just stick on 15 and good things would happen. He'd win the hand and then that stops being fun and he'd have to hit and something disastrous would happen and he wouldn't be allowed to play cards anymore for a while after that. I think if he's in the right system, he's fine. And it's funny you say horizon summit league. Uh, I was talking to someone who's familiar with Jordan where he may go next. And it just kind of said, you wouldn't be surprised if you turn on the TV next March and he's playing the point for a team that's like 27 and four <laughs> and it's in like the summit final or the horizon final or something like that. And he's just doing a good job in a lower profile down there too. So yeah, right yeah. fit would be good yeah. for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, like you see, I know you guys did a story with him recently and he's, you know, he's listening to schools like Milwaukee, IPFW, Toledo, Youngstown, places like that. Um, you know, I, I could see places like that being a potentially a good fit for him. He'd be good on offense in Toledo. They can really score, and he would certainly help if he's just worried about helping, which is probably what he wants to do now. He's he's tried the the solo fight. I think he's probably more of a team guy. Matthew's similar. Um, this is a guy who is more, I would say, more under the radar for West Virginia fans, not only because McCabe was such a star and so celebrated, but he was committed to UConn for a long time. Kevin Ollie loses his job. Matthews gets out of his NLI, goes on the market. Wasn't a great market for him at that point because there's just so few scholarships left. I wonder if it's going to be any different now because um, his numbers are remarkably consistent over three seasons, but maybe not in the best way. His career arc is, is pretty flat, actually. But there are times when you watch him play and you go, wow, there it is. And not long after that, you're like, wow, where'd it go? Uh, again, change of, scenery <laughs> may, change of scenery may be great for him, but athletically, um, he has it. Sometimes he can make threes. Sometimes he can guard. Sometimes he can rebound. Sometimes he drives and dunks. It's just that the continuity there isn't always great for him. Um, what what does someone get with him? Yeah, well, you know what? That's <laughs> what he's been at West Virginia is exactly who he was in high school. You know, it's it's just really? he he's just a guy who struggles to find consistency. Um, you know, I gotta say honestly. 
when he committed to West Virginia, there was, there was a lot of skepticism about how good of a fit he was going to be there because he wasn't generally regarded as the uh, toughest kid on earth coming out of high school. And so you wonder, you know, if there's one thing you better be to go play for Bob Huggins. It's tough, right? So I think that he, he stuck it out for as long as he did speaks to it. You know, I, I don't know what West Virginia fans opinion of his toughness, but, you know, watching him play for West Virginia, I'm in Kansas city. I, I see a lot of big 12. I certainly thought that he had improved his toughness quite a bit from high school. So that's, that was a good development. But, you know, I think he kind of fits that three, four tweener guy that so many people want. Um, I could see him probably heading back west. I think he he fits in the Pac-12, would be a good conference for him. You know, right there in his home state, Washington, they're going through a massive rebuild right now. You know, they've been just awful (laughs) the last two years, for lack of a better description. And... They're they're in the midst of their own transfer portal chaos, and they're kind of trying to reinvent things. And I'm sure, you know, a guy from a program that's been winning and has experienced some success would be a kind of guy they would want. Now, I'm not saying Emmett Matthews is going to Washington. I'm just saying it seems to be the type of program that he might be able to, to do pretty well in. You know, he'd be a fit in the zone that Mike Hopkins likes to play and things like that. So... You know, there's definitely a fit for him, and I would imagine he ends up at a high major. He's proven he could play at the high major level. You know, he like you say, is he inconsistent? Yes, but he's also proven. And I think most guys look and say, hey, you know, here's a guy who was eight points and, and four rebounds a night in the Big 12 for a really good team. You know, I'd like to have a guy like that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's funny, I feel like West Virginia fans would just see that and be like, I'd like to have that guy. And I don't think anybody's really trying to talk him back into coming here because, right. again, he's pretty much been what he's been for three years, too. You you touched on something that I think is important for both of these guys we're talking about, and that's the toughness factor, the toughness quotient, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think there, there's maybe limitations to how much of that Jordan McCabe can acquire. He's talked about his size and his athleticism. And if you watch Matthews, he gets knocked down a lot. He gets boxed out a lot and, and doesn't always get himself back on the spot or off the floor, and I think that wears thin, too, and maybe it just wasn't the right spot for either one of them. Yeah. Um, those two are going to have to be replaced, and I want to talk profiles and maybe even people who you see as fits here. And, and I'm curious here because they're going to have a couple of spots, and they could do different things. That They can get a guard because they lost a guard mm-hmm. like McCabe. They can get a four, but everybody wants like that stretch four like Matthews. They might go with a shot blocker because they were so bad around the rim. They might look for a like a six nine guy who's two fifty and shoots threes. 
I'm just curious about one, the competition for certain profiles of players, not names, but like types yeah. in, in this, this year. And also who and what do you see as a fit for, let's be honest, whatever the heck it is that West Virginia is going to do, they could be big. They could be three point again. Who knows? Yeah. Cause I mean, it seems to me like, uh, you know, coach Huggins, he really seems to kind of embrace this small ball thing. You know, let's yeah. get some shooters, around guys and let it fly. And, and, and I know we're going to get into this more too. You also have the question of, you know, <laughs> what are, what are, what are the, what are the two best players on the team going to do? Are they going to come back or are they going to try and go to the draft? You know, that's, mm-hmm. I know we're going to get to that. So there's so many, there's so many ways that, that you can go. I think uh, to me, when I think about West Virginia, I think, and, and Bob Huggins, wherever he's been, whether it's been Kansas state, Cincinnati, whatever, you always think, uh, toughness you think guys that are versatile and you think guys that are going to play just as hard defensively as they are on the offensive end so it feels like you always see a lot of tweeners with him i think you know guys are like are they a three are they a four are they a point guard are they two guard no they're just a guard so number one anyone they take is going to be versatile and you know they're not afraid to roll with a six-five power forward if he's super athletic and really tough. So they're not going to limit themselves. But I definitely think a shot blocker and, and a rim presence is something they're going to have to have, something they could really use. I know you don't have to have a ton of size in college basketball these days, but you do, you do need to have some. I mean, I'm not saying they could get them, but surely a kid like Caduce Wahab, who, who's just left um, – Georgetown, I mean, my goodness, I'm, I'm sure they'd love to have a guy like that. You know, big, just physically, physically tough dude who can do things. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone in the world would love to have Trey Mitchell from UMass. He's one of the top three or four guys out there, super skilled. You know, it gives you kind of a different presence in, in the paint, you know. You know, or do they, do they want to get a guy like one of the guys they lost with Oscar? You know, I know things got – Kind of twisted with Oscar there at the end, but his first year you kind of saw the the prototype of what you think of as, as a Bob Huggins big man, right? So do they go and try and find a guy like that on the transfer market? Is there a guy like that? Because there's just so many guys, you know, it's like every day I, I get hit by a coach and it's like I'm learning about guys because, you know, like you and I were talking off air, you know, maybe there's, there's a guy that I've been starting to get hit up a lot by um, coaches, this kid, Ty Gross at Eastern, at Eastern Michigan. You know, he's 6'8", 220, 225, a little bit of a tweener-ish between a four and a five, but pretty athletic, pretty productive, albeit not for the greatest program on earth, but still productive, you know, is, is, is he a kind of guy, if other high majors are looking at him, you know, could, could West Virginia eventually go there, you know, uh, could, uh, could a Josh Carlton from UConn, be a kind of guy that could fit them. There's just so many guys out there and there's so many on the market right now that it's just really tough to figure out who teams are, are really locked in just yet. And, you know, how much does Bob Huggins really want to mess around with the transfer market anyway? Mm, good question. Let's stick with that. He does not want to. Uh, he is loath to tip his toes in those water. He really thinks he owes his players who have devoted themselves more than he owes someone who frankly walked away from another program and wants yeah. to try something new because they think it's more. Is it, do you need to know the portal so well to navigate the portal? 
Um, does Huggins have to talk himself into it? It just seems like it's one thing to say, let's go shopping. It's another thing to say you're going to get the ingredients that you want. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, especially when it's a change in philosophy to go do it. Um, I would think maybe not as much so for some of these seniors who are in there because, hey, they, they put in their time, they did their time, and either the program has said, like, you know, okay, good example is a, is a program at Colorado. Um, they've had three seniors hit the Ooh. transfer portal in the last couple of days. Dry they were Horn, good. Yeah, Dry Horn, Deshaun Swartz, these guys. They were all guys that were told by Colorado, hey, you're welcome to come back. But you know what? You've been here for a while. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to do right by our younger players. And we would love to have you back. We're not pushing you out the door. But just understand that if you come back, even though you've been highly successful for us, we're probably going to try and play our younger guys more because we owe it to them. You know, this is what we promised them. And, and we've got we've to we've do right by them. So just know that if you come back, these are going to be kind of the parameters. So, you know, if, if I'm Bob Huggins, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be adverse to going after, say, Deshaun Schwartz in that situation. And you know, that's a dude who is a three-year starter for an NCAA tournament team and kind of fits, you know, the tweener kind of tough, just kind of versatile dude that, that I like, you know, a guy like that. And, and again, we're, we're just throwing hypotheticals out here, but – I don't think Bob Huggins would have a hard time talking himself into that one when he know, if you know the situation, you know this isn't a kid who's bailing on people. It's just, you know, hey, this is kind of how the program and the kid have decided to move on. There's no hard feelings on either side. But like you say, the other side of it is, you know, I don't want to inherit somebody else's problem just so they can become my problem. You know, there's, there's the different ways to look at it. And I think he's been, as you say, one of those guys who – yeah, they were somebody else's problem. Why do I want to make them mine? So, and then too, like, like how 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 long can you build with one year rentals? It's it's something that, man, if you commit to it, you better commit to being willing to do it on an every year basis. You know, do you want to become Fred Hoiberg or Eric Musselman? And hey, this is what we do every year. We we go and get all these transfers. You know, Eric Musselman. It, Worked out pretty well for him at Nevada, and, and so far it's working out for him really well at Arkansas. Fred Hoiberg, you know, it hasn't worked out so well for him at Nebraska with with constantly changing the roster over with transfers every year. So it's, I think maybe for a year or two, it's a little bit easier because it's just such a, a weird year. But in general, I think a guy who operates like that, you know, how long has Bob Huggins been a coach? I don't see him making a drastic change in philosophy at this point in his career. The other thing that strikes me is too, is that you're not going to get guys for four years anymore because they're not happy after two or three, they're out. And then more of that, it almost seems like that you, there's no such thing as next year, so to speak, because you can't guarantee, well, these guys are sophomores. They'll be juniors. These guys will be really good when they're seniors. So I, I also get the compulsion to strike while you can. And if there's good players and you have a roster, that's really good for one year, go as fast and as far as you can go in that one year. And then just, almost like reset the deck. It, it's a really a philosophical thing right now where that's what I think coaches are struggling with. Not only that they, they may not want to do it, but they may have to do it. And then how the heck do you do it? Um, Eric, a lot of our conversations here are dependent upon like four major decisions. Uh, yes. Sean McNeil, Taz Sherman in the portal. Those are two like top shooting guards in one of the top conferences in the country next season at their back. Deuce McBride's one of the top players in one of the top conferences. And Derek Culver's, Listen, locally, there's a conversation about him. Can they can they be engineered to run offense and shoot and score like they did this year, and also give him 
12 to 15 shots and 50% free throw shooting on like eight attempts a game. Can that work best? Um, as it stands right now, you and I are talking on Tuesday afternoon, Culver and McBride have not entered the draft. The expectation is one or both will with the option to come back. McNeil and Sherman are in. Um, let's kind of tick through them. The guys who are in, what do you think? And the guys who aren't, what do you think waits them? Yeah. Uh, Tash Sherman and Sean McNeil are, are, are good college players and you never want to say never with anyone because we've seen lots of guys where you're like, how the heck did this guy make the NBA? Right. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine they're going to get the type of feedback from NBA teams that would make them say, Oh yeah, this is, this is, this is a smart decision for me to stay in the draft because I'm going to get drafted or I'm going to have a really good shot at landing a, a two way contract with an NBA team, which, you know, has, been a big part there's so many more spots in the nba now because of the expanded rosters that, you know guys are are willing to leave to get a couple hundred thousand dollars a year on a two-way because it beats college or what they might be able to get overseas because the overseas market is really really tight right now due to covid so i would tend to think that those guys should be back um you know i do a lot of consulting with a lot of nba teams uh it's kind of a side thing and, you know, I've never been asked about McNeil or Sherman. So, hmm. and I get asked about, about a lot of guys. So, you know, that doesn't mean they're not on some radars, but, you know, thinking realistically, there's 60 spots in a draft, probably a minimum of 10 to 15 of them are going to go to European players. It's, it's hard to see them being in that top 45 for NBA teams right now. Nothing wrong with trying it out and coming back and realizing what you got to yeah. do to improve your situation. Yeah. Uh, two guys that I'm sure you do get asked about probably in this order too, McBride and Culver. Uh, McBride, I can I can see him making an NBA roster or at least getting drafted or at least being you know two-wayed in the G League. Culver, I'm just not sure about. I'm not sure the offensive skill is there. Um, I'm not sure the that there's a 6'11", 255-pound body like his that plays in the modern NBA. Um, maybe different plights different plights yeah. for these guys this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, McBride could very well be a first round draft pick. If he mm -hmm. came out, he would, he would definitely get picked. It's just a matter of where and, and do teams say, Hey, I see this guy projectable as a full-time point guard or, you know, kind of a smallish off the ball guy because, you know, he is, he is a little bit of a tweener from an NBA standpoint. He's a phenomenal college player. NBA standpoint is a little bit of a tweener, but also if you're him, like, gosh, he, you would think he would be one of the favorites for preseason Big 12 Player of the Year, if not sure. the outright favorite, if he comes back next year. Potentially, you know, I could see him being on a lot of first-team preseason All-American teams if, if he comes back for a year. Or he's certainly going to be a guy that's being mentioned in, those, in, those, in that vein, right? And, you know, he, he's a guy, kind of guy who could very well cement himself as a first-round pick buy another year coming back and, and make sure that he's getting to that guaranteed money. Cause that's what we all want is that guaranteed money. If we're going to go pro. And so I think he's got a little bit tougher decision, you know, because there is a home for him there. Now I, I think somebody would take him. It's just a question of, of how high, right. Whereas a great year next year and he could probably get himself pretty solidly into the first round. Um, or at least get it some type of guarantee, even if he's a second-round pick. So he's got a tough decision to make. Culver, yeah, you know, the NBA wants skill out of their big guys right now. At least they're, they're front-line big guys. But the dude is very physical. 
he he can rebound. Um, you know, he's a creature athletically. Guys like him, as long as they as long as they show up to practice and, and, and do what's expected of them, there's a home for those guys too. Um, whether that be getting drafted late in the second round, which he would probably be potentially a, a, a second round type of guy or a guy who comes in on a free agent contract or, or works his way through the G league. But certainly, like you say, the, the NBA is not clamoring for, for a guy like him just yet. Now they're not, they're not dismissive of a guy like that, but you know, he's probably still has a little bit of to prove in those guys' eyes too, just because of, you know, would like to see a little bit more skill and a little bit more touch ideally out of these guys, you know, cause shooting is just such a priority in the NBA right now. Yeah. There's a phrase passport post players where like a guy who's six eleven may not make an NBA. Maybe he can go play like in Turkey or Spain or Italy. Um, I don't even know what that is for Culver. Like, is there, he just seems like he's a bit of a unicorn to be bouncing around Serbia or something like that. I just don't know even overseas if he has something right now either. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think places would, would, would find something for him. He's just, you know, there's a lot of guys who get paid a lot of money to maybe not as much as they used to, to hold down benches that look just like Derek Culver does. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that to belittle him at all anyways, because I think I'm, I'm not trying to insinuate that he's a, that he's a dude who's going to go overseas and hold down bench, but you, you get what I'm talking about. Sure. You know, he's, 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 he's big, strong and athletic and there's always going to be a home for that guy. It's just a matter of finding the right fit. But, you know, if you're at the pros, you, you would like to maybe see a little bit more true rim protection from him at that size. Or like you say, uh, be a little bit better, a little bit more efficient score. Mm. Because, you know, to be that big and, and be an uh, under 50% career field goal shooter is, is does cause does give you a little pause and a little bit of, you know, what's, what's the deal here. But then you see him some days and you go to your second, how will this guy not play in the NBA? <laughs> so yeah, it's, exactly. you know, but I, I wouldn't bet against him eventually playing, touching the NBA. And I also wouldn't bet against it being a little bit more of a circuit, you know, a, a, a little bit, uh, not a direct path to it. <laughs> you could see him making some stops along the way. Last one, Eric, I'll let you go. We've talked about four, fringe or future draft candidates here we haven't talked about the one player who according to jordan mccabe has the best pro potential jalen bridges who redshirt freshman has a really good shot from the perimeter and does rebound is interested in defense is going to probably develop something inside of a perimeter game and and just seems like he he's more athletic than i thought watching him play i think maybe being from fairmont west virginia is a stigma that he has overcome or will still have to overcome but the surface is scratched here a little bit and then who knows what is beyond um your thoughts on him immediate future and long-term future yeah you know if i was going to make a list of guys in in the big 12 that i would anticipate making a huge leap next year you know jalen bridges would be right right at the top of that you know we we, we saw some flashes of my I, I remember when they beat texas tech when was that what like late january or something like that you know mm-hmm. he was he was an important contributor i remember him hitting some big threes and things uh you saw him late in the season you know look like he belongs for some stretches against a, a really good Baylor team. Um, 
you know, I know he had a big game against TCU. So if this three-point shooting deal, like if that shooting, which was co- one of the things I kind of liked about him coming out of high school, if that's legit, if this guy's really, especially with extended minutes, you know, a, a, a 39 to, to 43% three-point shooter at six foot seven with some bounce, like, okay, now we're talking, you know, this is, this is an NBA. We talk about, what did everyone talk about? The three and D guys, right? You know, he's he's looking like a potential 3 and D guy. And it seems like every year West Virginia has a guy that just kind of sneaks up on everybody. And, you know, Bridges certainly could be that guy. And, you know, he was pretty highly regarded coming out of high school. Like you say, he's from Fairmont, so people didn't really find out about him until late. But by the time he committed to, to West Virginia, and if I remember right, he committed like late summer and had been planning to go to prep school mm-hmm. and then decided not to go to prep school, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was on his way to being, you know, in everybody's top 100, if not top 75, at, at a minimum on things. So, you know, when you get guys in that range, it doesn't surprise you. Like, it's not it's not necessarily expected. But you can see guys in that range turning into NBA players. And, man, he, he's a guy that, like like I said, in the Big 12, I would have a big – I would have stars next to his name as a guy to watch for taking a huge step forward next season. Eric, I think I speak for listeners here. There are stars next to your name now. You've given me far more time than I ever asked for, or did they even you promised, but this is really enjoyable. Um, quickly now, I guess quickly, as much time as you want. You earn that. Where can people find you? What can they expect? Sure. Well, um, you know, Eric Bossy, I'm the director of basketball for 24-7 Sports, so obviously you can find me all over the 24-7 Sports Network. Um, you know, I'm still relatively new to the 24-7 Sports team, so I'm kind of Slowly but surely, working my way around the network and doing my best to find things. But if, you, if you're into into the social media, Twitter's the primary place you can find me. The, the username there is Eboss Hoops. That's E B O S S H O O P S. And you know, I'm a pretty accessible guy, pretty easygoing. And you know, if anyone's ever got questions, I certainly can do my best to answer them for them. You're you're coming up on a year, more than a year, right? Almost two years, right? Oh, no, no, oh, no. Coming no. up on I, a year, right? It's not even been a year. Yeah. COVID has me all yeah. messed up. But last fall, right? No, no, no. no. Yeah, I started um, in October with uh, 24-7 after 10 years at Rivals and 10 years before that, bouncing around everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, 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 you know, about six months deep now. Six months, man. I thought, well, I don't know why. I knew it was the fall, but I thought, man, everything's just got me gooped up. Disregard me, Eric. Uh, hey, but thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. I hope that um, people have questions answered. There's a lot of questions about basketball here, but uh, went to the source. Few better out there than Eric Bossy, and maybe, um, again, follow him. I'm sure he'll be on top of things as they happen. Updating the transfer portal and keeping you up to speed on everything that's happening, not just at West Virginia, the Big 12, from his purge in Kansas City, but again, as his role with 24-7. He's on top of our of the game for you, so you don't have to be. Eric, thanks. We'll do this again soon. Appreciate it.